Welcome to Workers Rock, a podcast that explores this truth that we have the power to change the culture of employment across the globe. I'm Emirate Miller, the host of Workers Rock. Today on episode six, we hear from Jasmine Payne Patterson of the Economic Policy Institute to talk about the federal minimum wage, why it's stagnant since 2009, and what changes could be coming down the pike. Workers Rock is part of the Labor Radio Podcast Network. All right, we're here with Jasmine Payne Patterson of EPI, the Economic Policy Institute. How are you today, Jasmine? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here. Thank you so much for joining. Tell me about yourself. Well, like you said, my name is Jasmine Payne Patterson. I work at the Economic Policy Institute as a senior state policy strategist specifically on our state team in this program we call Learn in the South. So we work with state partners uh, in 13 states across the South to help coordinate on labor standards and help to make good jobs. That's great. Thank you so much. I've convened this podcast today because it's such a frustrating thing to notice that the federal minimum wage is so low and there are some states that it's much higher and i i wanted to pick that apart like to see what that was about and when this will change don't we all want to know that yes we it definitely needs to change 725 at the federal level is not enough uh, and we are working to change it through a bunch of different bills, but, you know, just thinking about how it even started out, like we went from 25 cents to, to 725 in 85 years. So it's, it's been a long journey and we have far, far, far to go. Right. So that was through President Roosevelt at the time, I believe, and through the Fair Labor Standards Act that he introduced. Yes, it started, it was, this was a New Deal era policy that established the Fair Labor Standards Act of 1938. And this is um, Franklin Roosevelt. So um, and it was actually a part of a bunch of different initiatives in a long time effort. So the concept actually started earlier in the 1930s as he was noticing that so many people had been losing their jobs as banks were going out of business and um, they didn't have access to housing, they didn't have access to food, to anything. So he had been working to get this. And at first um, there, were, there were a bunch of challenges along the way to establish the minimum wage. But finally, after three sessions of Congress, he was able to establish it. So it's a long, a long story there. I'm glad to share more about. Right. How many states right now still only are at 725? So it's a complicated question. So it is, there's 20 states that are currently still at 725, but there's actually states, uh, and that's because states are allowed to set their own minimum wages. And the idea behind the states being able to set their own minimum wage is that they would set a minimum wage according to the cost of living in their state. So there are actually some states specifically in the South, that actually have minimum wages that are below the minimum wage. So Alabama, Georgia. Wait, wait, what? Yeah, yeah. 725 wasn't low enough. (laughs) 
<laughs> Wait, they're able to set it lower? I thought that the Fair Labor Standards Act was the floor. Tell me more. There are states, unfortunately, lower than 725. If 725 wasn't low enough. So there are seven states that either have no minimum wage or a minimum wage that is below the federal. So six of those states are in the South. So I'm talking Alabama, Georgia, Louisiana, Mississippi, South Carolina, and Tennessee. And there's one in the West, Wyoming. It's, it's kind of random, but yes, that is, uh, that, those are those states. So, so say you're in Wisconsin, you can actually get paid $5 an hour, perhaps? So, no. So um, Wyoming is one of the states. So theirs is $5.15. So Georgia and Wyoming, they're, um, they're both at the same point, $5.15. And they- So um, Wyoming. Yes, Wyoming. Yep. And they're able to do that because- um, to be subject to the fair, well, states can set their own minimum wage. And the idea there is that states would set their minimum wage higher than the minimum wage according to the cost of living in that state. And most states have done that and have followed this guideline for the idea behind this ability to have state flexibility. But other states have decided not to adopt a minimum wage. So um, the Alabama, Louisiana, Mississippi, South Carolina, Tennessee, those are states that have either not basically not adopted a minimum wage. So in most cases, they would default to the federal minimum wage because the um, state minimum wage is preempted. However, to be subject to the Fair Labor Standards Act, companies have to gross at least $500,000 per year in annual sales, and they have to engage in interstate commerce. So if they don't do those things, then they could be exempt from this. So um, we're not covered from this. So what would happen, so think, think of, you know, a small business that could even break their business up into pieces. Right. So maybe the Alabama version does one part and they make $490,000. And then the Georgia part does this, another, does the same thing. And they make, again, $490,000 if they're not this, if they're separate entities, since they're in separate states, they could still do that and pay their workers below the federal minimum wage. That's insane. So I just, what's next? Is there a bill coming down the pike and who changes this? Is it Congress? Yes, Congress has the power to change it. So, well, at the state level, the state lawmakers have the power to change it. And do I wish they would, um, especially when you think of what this impact on black workers. So even though it's only 12% of United States states that have minimum wages lower or um, at this lower than the minimum wage or no minimum wage at all, um, that those six states represent the six southern states represent 23 percent of the black workforce so it is quite a lot of workers that's almost a fifth of the black work well more than a fifth of the black workforce um we're almost getting to a fourth of the black workforce that is that is impacted by that and the the impacts of statement and wages really bleed over and they have a spillover effect into the wages of other workers. But at the federal level, it's Congress. So there's a new law that's been proposed. It's called the Raise the Wage Act of 2023. Right. And it would increase the federal minimum wage to $17 per hour by 2028. It also does some really great work removing sub minimum wages. So um, one other uh, 
infrequently discussed topic is that the Min, that there are also exemptions from the minimum wage. So there's youth exemption. So if you're under a certain age, you can be paid lower. Um, there's also exemptions for people with disabilities, which is awful. And then tipped minimum wage. So some of these things that you're, I don't know, when I learned this, I was just, I was just ashamed. I was like, why is this, why is this happening? Um, we should, we should do better. We need to do better. Um, oh, yeah. And still that still exists so this this bill would help to um mitigate that and make sure that those exemptions are gone away and more people would be covered under this new bill so when is the last time that minimum wage like it it hasn't kept pace with inflation but was there a point in time when minimum wage was worth more than it is now adjusted for inflation Yes. So minimum wage kind of peaked in the 60s, but now it is not worth that much at all. Um, so the last time that the minimum wage was actually raised was in 2009. So some years ago um, when it was raised. And since then, it would it basically has fallen in purchasing power to be 42% less than its highest point in 1968. So it's reaching a 66 year low, or it reached its 66 year low in 2023. Right. Um, and it's just not, not what it used to be. So even in um, the last 14 years, it's worth 30% less today. So people earning the minimum wage today so if, if i was earning 725 in 2024 then i would be actually making 30 percent less than somebody may earning 725 in um, 2009 because of inflation so it's really mm. wild to think of that change and right. with this bill what it would actually do is raise the minimum wage to 17 dollars per hour so that would affect about 28 million americans and the average worker would receive an extra $3,100 per year. So that is a large percentage when you're thinking about $7.25 per hour, um, thinking about how much that would be per year. New York City right now is higher than upstate where I am, right? Where I am in Rochester, it's $15 an hour, but in New York City, it's a little bit more. Yeah, and it makes sense, right? Because when you're thinking of the cost of living, how it changes from even city to city. I live in Atlanta, and Atlanta's cost of living is much higher than someplace in South Georgia, like Valdosta. So it would really behoove us to have a higher minimum wage in that moment. I mean, think again, even thinking about the perspective of like how much the federal minimum wage is outside of like me living in Georgia, where you could technically be paid five fifteen, and people are paid five fifteen. Even at the federal minimum wage, a minimum wage earner would earn about $15,000 per year. So right. when you put that into perspective, even to the poverty threshold, like it is so close to that, even having one or two children can put you over it. So it's just a lot, um, a lot to consider. And then so having 
um, just thinking about like what you can actually buy in Atlanta is so much less than I could buy in Valdosta or Augusta in terms of housing, in terms of food. So it's really going to put me in a different place. Right. Think about like we all pay the same amount for something on, let's say, Amazon. So no matter where I am. So it's not like I'm buying goods just in my town at brick and mortar, you know, locations. Um, so what are other ideas that could have been like, okay, minimum wage gets voted on 20 something times since the thirties. Mm -hmm. Is there another method that has been introduced to go around this voting mechanism for it? The biggest way is through Congress because Congress sets these different policies. So um, another voting mechanism is just having state power in trying to make sure that you're using the power of organizers in your state, like unions and different worker and employee groups to ensure that there is minimum wages. I mean, the market technically, I mean, employers could say that they are going to um, set the wage on their own and they've received political pressure to do so, but not all companies are adopting that. I mean, you see some companies that are saying that they're going to have a $15 minimum wage and that they've adopted that from the movement though. Like that is an idea that's directly um, based on the push in the advocacy from organizations like the Fight for 15 that are saying, hey, this needs to be your minimum. But as you can, as you've heard from the Raise the Wage Act of 2023, we're even kind of pushing forward because like when we we're fighting for 15, that was like 10 years ago and more. So now we need yeah. a higher minimum wage and we need to really index it. So it's not just dependent upon a congressional vote every time it's time to raise the minimum wage or we're not beholden to greedy corporations who, and who may or may not establish a minimum wage in their organization. So instead, what is ideal is to pass a law like the Raise the Wage Act of 2023 that sets a, a minimum wage for now and then indexes the minimum wage with inflation. So every time inflation goes up, the minimum wage goes up. And there are many states and localities who have adopted that model now so that they, it doesn't require a legislative change, even at the state level, to make sure that people in their state are being paid according to the cost of living. Right. That's amazing. Thank you so much for this. So what does the Economic Policy Institute do when it comes to this sort of thing? That's a great question. So we do a lot. We have a tool, um, one of our most famous tools is called the Family Budget Calculator. So I think part of the discussion about minimum wage and really part of the argument is like, what should the minimum wage be? And it's really hard to just determine that, especially as we're talking about like different costs of livings in your state. So the family budget calculator can assess in your area, um, whether it be your metropolitan statistical area, your city, your county, and it can look and it can say, okay, this is how much it would cost to live in this area. So this is how much if you can add different numbers of children, different um, household members, et cetera, and adjust for your county to say how much are groceries, how much is housing. And it's pulling in census data, HUD data, uh, USDA data to really aggregate how much this would cost in real time in 2024 dollars. 
right. to really figure out what, how much would it cost to influence how much the cost of living could be. So we have that. We also have a tool that helps you adjust minimum wage with inflation. So you can kind of see how much minimum wage is over time. So again, as we were comparing what the minimum wage was back in 1938, of course, we would never accept a 25 cent minimum wage today. However, looking at what that cost of living would be today to really assess what the difference is. So that's really, um, so those are some tools. We're continuing to have conversations with people like you to make sure we're spreading the information, making sure people are equipped with that, um, with the knowledge so that they can be empowered and share with others and continue these advocacy pushes to raise the wage. Awesome. So where can they find this bill? Like, is there a name for it? Yeah. So it's the Raise the Wage Act of 2023. So they could just um, Google the Raise the Wage Act of 2023. You could go to congress.gov. You could find all of the co-sponsors, who's sponsoring it in the House, who's sponsoring it in the Senate to get more information. There's also fact sheets um, online that share from um, the, the specific committee that it's coming out of them a fact sheet to learn more about it. Awesome. Thank you so much. And um, where can they find EPI? Please visit us at epi.org to learn more about minimum wage, whether it be minimum wage at the state level, at the federal level, for specific demographics like youth workers, farm workers, etc. And we we have some data for you so that you can continue to share it with your communities. Excellent. And where can people find you? You can find me also on the EPI website. I am Jasmine Payne Patterson on LinkedIn. I'm always glad to you know speak and share more information and to um, share more about, about how we can also have these interventions at the state level while we're waiting for the federal level to act. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today on Workers Rock, Jasmine. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. All right. Thank you. That concludes this episode of Workers Rock. Thank you for listening.